You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hello there. Thank you so much for joining me today as I have a guest interview with Wendy Pope. We're going to get right to it here because I want you to get the full interview from Wendy without a lot of chatter from me. Wendy Pope is the founder and president of Word Up Ministries, and she's a wife to Scott and a mother to her grown children, one daughter and one son. Wendy is an international speaker, and she's been leading women all over the world to life change through in-depth teaching of God's Word. She talked about that in the episode. We talked about some of the books and resources that she has, so we're going to be getting to those, including her latest, Hidden Potential, which is one that really spoke to me, and I invited her to come on the show and to talk about it. We talked about repurposing. We talked about the ways that God takes our difficulties and our failures and turns them into something that can be used for good and for his glory. We especially talked about how we all fail, and so we all have that opportunity to practice that. If you are looking for any of the resources that we talk about in this episode, you will find those at michellerayburn.com slash 91, and there I will link up to everything that Wendy and I chatted about, so you'll be able to get that. Let's get right to the heart of our chat and move into my interview with Wendy Pope. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today to give a little bit of your time to my audience to talk about your newest book and about your ministries. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Excited. You talk in your book about chocolate. <laughs> I could totally resonate with that. <laughs> so you specifically talk about dark chocolate, which was totally speaking my language. So oh, yes. what is your favorite way to consume dark chocolate? My favorite way to consume dark chocolate is through a dark chocolate raspberry uh, Ghirardelli square. Oh, those are good. <laughs> and I, I'm very specific on how I eat it. I take a corner first and I just let it melt in my mouth. And I don't know if you've ever had one with caramel or with the raspberry, mm -hmm. but it just pulls apart and that little bit just kind of hangs over the edge for the next bite, just <laughs> inviting you in, teasing you, okay, there's more here. So I, I take that square and it ends up in three separate bites, how I consume it. <laughs> and I savor every single bite because I only eat one. Ooh, now, that's discipline. I could eat many <laughs> Because they are my favorite and fruit's healthy and dark chocolate is healthy. So I'm sure <laughs> all of it works out to my favor. Um, but I, I really do try to only have one when I eat them. And so I really want it to last. So I just, and if someone comes in, Michelle, and interrupts that process, <laughs> it's like that person that calls you that when you're in the middle of styling your hair, you know, we girls have that don't interrupt me when I'm styling my hair because I can't, I'm in the process and you break up that process. Something is not going to look right that day. And that's the way I feel <laughs> with that chocolate. So if I'm, if, if no one's around, it's awesome. But if someone's in around, if my, my people are at home, I have to step away from people so I can just, it's the one little thing that I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to just totally enjoy this. So it is, it is a full-on experience. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
Yeah. Do you have a secret stash too, so no one can get to the squares? Oh yes, oh yes, I do. <laughs> and I, sh- it's funny. I, sh- I'm the only one in my family that likes the Ghirardelli raspberry dark chocolate, which I love because I'm not. It's not in danger of disappearing. However, in my very first book, Wait and See, I shared about the time that my daughter's friend came over. And it was during one of those times of shaping. You know, the Lord shapes us. (laughs) And sometimes he does that in fun ways. And sometimes he does it in, uh, you know, not, not, I don't want to say harsh, but um, he calls us really out of ourselves. And I learned through this experience, and I won't tell the whole experience, that Lauren liked dark Ghirardelli raspberry also. Um, So I had to learn how to share those. But my family really doesn't. uh, My daughter likes dark chocolate, but my boys, my son and my my husband don't like dark chocolate. So I'm in the clear. And I know everyone that's (laughs) listening has their secret stash of something. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's totally okay. (laughs) Yeah, I have my own secret stash of dark chocolate chips. Oh, like and do you like the Ghirardelli? The yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple yeah. of those after my lunch, I'm set for the rest exactly. of the afternoon. Exactly, it's just a couple. Really, if I don't have my squares, I can have just a few of those chocolate <laughs> chips. And I think you can have like 16 and it's 70 calories. So you could really, <laughs> I know, it's a sickness. But you can have, you, and it's really, you don't even need that many. You just need that little taste. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just a taste. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads me into thinking about your book, Hidden Potential. Mm. I read this on a Sunday afternoon when I was curled up with some chocolate, dark chocolate chips and a blanket. <laughs> and I got into thinking about some of your chapters. And the one that really resonated with me was on failure. And it makes me think about when thinking about chocolate. I've had these moments in life where I set out to lose weight, get healthier. And then I bake something. And I don't know if you've done that where you sliver off a little and you sliver off a little and you sliver. Oh, yeah. And that that sense of failure that comes at the end of that really reminds me of how I feel sometimes in life when I've set out to do something, I want to do it right. And then little by little, something happens and I end up in a place where it didn't turn out the way I expected. Mm. So what prompted you to pick some of, like you talk about fears, faults, failures, frailties in Mm -hmm. this book. How did you pick those topics? Are they personal to you? Observations about people? There are, well, actually Moses is the inspiration for the book, uh, right through Moses' life. And um, Moses dealt with all of those. And of course, and, and, and maybe I might be the only one out there speaking today, but it's really easy to look at someone else's fears, faults, failures, frailties, whatever that might be, and go, oh, look at them. Let me see what they did. Let's see. Oh, good for them. But Michelle, how different is it when we then turn that lens back on us and we look at our own and we can't talk ourselves we can't give our pet, we can't give ourselves a pet talk out of it, but we mm-hmm. can look at someone else and be inspired. We can also give other people pet talk, but what is it that we, why can't we turn that back yeah. on ourselves? I do. I'm, I still struggle with that. So really the inspiration behind the book was Moses life. Um, and I certainly, I, that's, and that's really the source of all of my books that I write are about someone in the Bible. And then I have um, personal application and how 
that person has taught me things. Um, but I start with the person in the Bible. So I was not, I wasn't looking to write about my failures and I wasn't wanting to write about my fears. Fears maybe so are one that you can, they're a little bit more palatable to us. Right. Um, and, yeah. but fra- fail failures are not. And no. so that was really the most difficult chapter to write because it, you go back and you look at where you have not succeeded. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I learned most in from the Lord and during this chapter is that failing doesn't make you a failure. Mm. And I, I have to constantly tell myself that, uh, and I, I, and I have to tell my children that, that I have adult children that are learning life and, yeah. you know, failure is a great teacher, uh, or failing is a great teacher, but it doesn't make you a failure. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have to, we have to own that truth. We have to believe that truth. And, and how do we believe it? The only way we can make ourselves believe something is to continue to tell ourselves that truth. And how do we know this is true? How do we know that failing doesn't make us a failure? Look at all the people in the Bible mm-hmm. that God used in mighty ways that had continual failures in their lives. Moses was one of them. He had a terrible temper. Um, he disobeyed God, didn't actually never even got to go into the promised land. You've got David. Look at King David, the greatest mm-hmm. king of all times for Israel was a murderer and an adulterer. Um, look at Paul. Paul murdered Christians, sought out mm-hmm. to murder Christians and was on the way to doing so when he had an encounter with Jesus. So whether we think God has a history of that faithfulness of redeeming the qualities in our lives that we don't like, or the times in our lives that we've failed, he does. Mm -hmm. So we have to stand on the truth that he does, even if we don't see it in our own life, he does. And we have to continue to tell ourselves that because we're fighting. We're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting the principalities of this world. And Satan is a powerful foe. He is the prince of this world at this time, because God has allowed him, he's on a leash. I like to say he's on a leash. Um, but he tries to manipulate our situations in our lives. He lies to us and he, uh, continues to bring up these things in our lives. And and we have to just, we have to rebuke that. And that takes, that takes time. It takes commitment and I think that's the big, that's the hardest part right there is the commitment is mm-hmm. we can, we can tell ourselves, okay, I failed, but I'm not a failure two or three times, but then you, it wears you down because maybe mm-hmm. you failed again and we can't stop telling ourselves truth period. The end, whether it was relating to failure or anything else in our lives, we have to know truth because the truth sets us free. Yeah, that's you talk about that so much in that chapter. Um, I, I highlighted so much stuff. I have tabs on my book. I have highlights <laughs> all over the place. And, you know, I love to read a book with a highlighter in my hand. But of um, you talked about nobody wants to fail. Everybody does. It's our mm-hmm. response that matters. You know, I think we tell ourselves a lie that nobody else fails. 
Uh, one of the things you said oh, was yeah. failure may fracture our faith, but it doesn't have to destroy it. No, it doesn't have to destroy it, but failure can derail it. Mm-hmm. And um, anytime we listen to the wrong, the false truth, the lies of the enemy, our faith is going to be derailed. Mm-hmm. And it, but it doesn't destroy our faith. And honestly, also, it doesn't um, destroy God's plan for our life. That's what I love, too, is we can fail, but it doesn't destroy what God had planned for us. Um, Mm -hmm. It can derail the plan a little bit because look at what happened with Moses. Moses murdered someone. You know, he, he was born with a death sentence on his head. He was able to, through the providence of God, be raised in the house of Pharaoh, the highest ruler in the land with the greatest food, the greatest education and uh, leadership. I mean, think of this. He was the leader of God's people, but look where he got trained. He God planned all of this, knowing that Moses was going to murder that Egyptian soldier. Mm-hmm. But yet... What he did did not derail God's ultimate plan for Moses to be the deliverer of his people and the spokesperson for him. And again, this is a story we can go back on and go, this is truth. Whether I've seen this actually in my life, this is truth. And then we, I don't know about you, but I'll look at it and I'll go, oh, well, that's Moses. Or I'll go, oh, well, that was Paul. (laughs) Look at Paul. These people were people in the Bible. These were men that Rahab. She was a prostitute. She lived in the walls of Jericho. But because she helped Joshua and Caleb, she was saved and her family was saved. Yeah. I mean, there's no failure too great that that can't be redeemed for the glory of God and to get us back in alignment with, with his purpose for our life. It's, there's just not. And anything, believing anything other than that it is a lie. And, you know, sometimes we see them as stories, but somebody else's story isn't just a story. Mm-mm. God didn't just put those in there like little fairy tales. These are right. everyday people, real people as examples. Right. And your life is an example. Can you think of a time when you've experienced failure and God <laughs> taught you something in that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I had with my, and, and this is a professional failure, um, 12 years of rejections of waiting to be published. That's a and long time. <laughs> that it's, it's, a, it's a long time, but it is also incredibly humbling because I, um, at the time, was serving at Proverbs 31 Ministries and a speaker team of just amazing, amazing Christian women. And they were like publishing machines. Karen Eman was a good friend of mine. And it's like, she goes to sleep and wake up and there's a book on her, on our nightstand that she wrote. I'm like, did you do this in your sleep? Everyone was getting published. And the Lord was like, I, you know, I knew I had this book in me, but every time I presented it, it was rejected. It was rejected. It was rejected. And even the last time before it was, um, it was the uh, proposal was accepted. It was rejected by not nine different publishers just in the last submission of the book. And um, here's the bottom line. Uh, here, here was the whole thing is the Lord wanted me to learn lots of things through it. But Amy Carroll was one of the last ones on the ministry team that um, 
had not been published and she got a publishing contract. And I want to tell you, it stung. I was Mm. mad. I said, like I did in any other time with the Lord, with all my other friends that were publishing. I'm like, Lord, I've been in ministry longer than they have. Mm. I've done this more than they have. I speak more than they do. I, and I fill in the blank. And I was giving all of these reasons to why I was more qualified, uh, more deserving of this opportunity. And when Amy received her contract, I had no joy in my heart for her. And in, in my spirit, Holy Spirit said to me, you know, you need to learn to celebrate the successes of others. And if you don't get this right, this is your last opportunity. Hmm. And, and I know for sure, I, I know in my heart that had I not turned that around and, and found it within me through the Holy Spirit to truly be happy for Amy and her opportunity that I wanted. She's living my dream. That's so painful when someone lives our dream, right? That's yes. a story for another day. But um, if I had not gotten that right, it would have been the end. And, and I believe you would have given someone else that message and these other messages that I've had the opportunity to write, um, you know, p- parental failures, just, you know, mm-hmm. even the other day, my daughter's 23 and she um, deals with sensory processing um, disorder. And she um, has had problems with that, with that for a while. And um, I, I was sitting somewhere, I don't even know where I was. And I sent her a text and I was like, I'm so sorry that. I did not recognize your need when it was occurring when you were a child. You know, you just, you mm-hmm. look at things like that sometimes when your children are young and you're thinking they're being unruly or undisciplined or, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so, I mean, there's just those, those moments, you know, and she, of course, mm-hmm. sent a message back, mom, you know, there's no, I don't blame you. This is the way I was created. She had a great response for me, but I mean, yeah, there's, they're, they're endless. It's your response to them that matters. So I want to come back to that because you talked about your response to it. There, there are people listening, I know, because I've experienced this, where you struggle to find true joy for somebody else. This mm. might happen with when somebody loses weight and you've struggled with it for a long time. It isn't just a publishing goal. You know, it's like in so oh, yeah. many areas of life with children. So what steps did you take to get through that process? How did you find that joy? Well, and I'll tell you one more that just popped in my head um, is when you're talking about the example of losing weight. I think of women who want to have children and are not able to get pregnant. And I spent a couple of years dealing with, with infertility and, you know, the only, and, and I know this sounds like a Sunday school answer, And and I'm just going to go ahead and say, yes, it is. It truly is being in the word every day, getting the word of God in me, because the word of God is truth. Mm -hmm. It is life. It is our sustainer. Um, It is our guidebook. It is our answer to questions. It is our comfort. So the more we're in the word, the more the word is going to get into us mm-hmm. and it becomes the salve for us, for our hurting places. And it also gives us the strength to do what is beyond us. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Beth Moore wrote 
years ago, a Bible study on the fruit of the spirit called living beyond yourself. And she taught through the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I took that Bible study and I remember thinking, oh, this is so great. Studying the fruit of the spirit, but the, the subtitle living beyond yourself. That's what the word of God does for you, Michelle, is it helps you live beyond yourself. And, you know, we put so much time and effort into so many things that we want to be successful in, or we want Mm -hmm. to accomplish, whether it's learning a new craft, whether it's um, learning like that furniture painting, these people that do furniture painting, I think it's so great. I would love to learn how to do that. Um, You know, art, my daughter learns all kinds of different types of art. She loves art. Um, My son loves to build different things that we want to learn how to do. But why is it that we say we want to be stronger Christians? We want to know the word of God, but we don't want to devote that time to our relationship with Christ. And I got Mm -hmm. to the point where, things just weren't so great in my life. And I thought, you know what? I've been a Christian my whole life. Maybe I ought to try reading the Bible. Maybe I ought to try seeing exactly what this word, this living and active word does. And 12 years later, I'm still reading the Bible every day, still discovering the living and active power, helping me live beyond myself, you know, to get up and one during one season of, of, of my life where, um, my happily ever after wasn't as happily ever after as I wanted it to be. My husband and I were going through a little rocky place. And, and I remember the Lord, I came downstairs from my quiet time and the Lord was said, um, in my spirit said, go ahead and make the coffee. Well, Michelle, I don't drink coffee. I don't, (laughs) and I knew how to make it, but I don't drink it. And I argued with the Lord and I said, well, did you see (laughs) how he treated me last night. Did you see how we, we went to bed with anger in our hearts. You know, I'm not making him coffee. And you know what I did? I lived beyond myself because I heard the spirit telling me to do that. I had confidence in the spirit's voice in me and obeying God was important because scripture says, if you love me, you'll obey me. And I love God. So I made the coffee. Um, did I do it with a happy heart and cheerful disposition? No, um, but I did it anyways. And it's those little moments when we get those under our faith belt, so to speak, that it becomes easier to have, to find what we need in the moment. Uh, it's like I was talking about before, but it's, it's all back to the word of God. He didn't leave it to us just to sit on our shelves or to carry to church on Sundays or to fill in our Bible study blanks during the week for a midweek Bible study. It's a daily bread that we are to consume for us. And I believe that's where we as Christians, uh, we miss it. We're sitting on the pew Mm -hmm. waiting for our pastor to fill us up every Sunday when Sunday is where we top our tank off. We come to worship our God who has seen us through these six days that we've lived and we've worked and we've done our best um, and experienced him. And uh, that's where I was. I was sitting in a pew and it's like, this cannot be all there is to it. 
and there wasn't. It I started reading the Bible, and it 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 truly uh, it's a page turner, a life changer. <laughs> <laughs> I think the challenge for me sometimes is that. I'm kind of, I think the three-year-old me is still inside. The one that doesn't want to change my attitude. Uh So I just want to wallow in myself a little bit. And I know that if I open the word, I'm going to be convicted to change. (laughs) So I push it away because I know it's truth and it's going to change my life. So I'm sure there's somebody out there listening who can feel that too. Oh, yes. I'm not saying I'm perfect at this. I I like to wallow too. I do like to wallow and I'll, I have my very, very best friend and I'll, you know, message her about something or call her and I'll say, I don't want you to tell me a scripture. <laughs> I don't want you to tell me to pray about it. I just need to wallow in this for a few minutes. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, I know there's not a scripture. Or I haven't found one that supports wallowing. Um, if someone listening does, please send it to me because I would like a scriptural support for wallowing. Um, but honestly, I do believe that that's our way of decompressing and as human Mm -hmm. flesh to get it out, um, and, and put voice to it, to give, to give life, not give life to it, but to give some value to our feelings, because we also don't need to brush our feelings away. We need to deal with those. So it depends on how long you're wallowing, you know, (laughs) wallow and then pick yourself up and, 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 and find that scripture, find that friend, whoever that is to say, Hey, you know what, been there, done that, or I haven't been there. I haven't experienced that, but let's get through this together. And, um, I certainly definitely, I have that core group of people that stand with me and let me wallow for a minute, but then they're like, "Mm -mm." Let's get back together and let's focus on what we need to focus on. And I'm blessed for that. That's going to be your next book, Wallow, Then Open the Word. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> One of the things you say in your book in the chapter on failure is failure does not disqualify us from our potential. I've met people who have really struggled with that, where there's been some sort of thing that has happened in their life that makes them think, that's it, I'm disqualified, I'm not going to be able to serve the Lord, he called me to write, but now I'm not going to be able to write, I'm not going to be able to speak. What do you say to that person? Mm -hmm. I have something great to say to that person. It's in Romans 8, and it is verse 38 and 39. Um, actually, let me start with 37. No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor the powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in creation, all of creation, will be able to separate us. And I like to go in and put personal pronouns in scripture for mm-hmm. me. So I would say here, Nothing will separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So first of all, we've got to make sure you're in Christ Jesus. You've got to make sure you're saved. So that is first and foremost, Christ is my Savior. I have sinned, but I have confessed him as my Savior, and I have him there. So we've got to make sure we're in Christ Jesus first and foremost. And then we have to own this scripture. And, and I would go on to say, neither death nor life, okay, neither abortion, neither divorce, neither addiction, whatever this world creation defines out here that says can separate us, 
Paul is saying here, nothing can nothing. separate me. Absolutely nothing. And so the person that's feeling that right now and hearing that right now, this is a scripture you need to go and highlight in your Bible. It's Romans 8, 37, 38, and 39. Maybe even write it out and put it on a card and carry it with you. I went through years. This is something that I did years ago. I got a little index notebook, index card, spiral little notebook. And I started writing out scriptures that I needed in that season of my life. And I carried it with me in my purse, in my diaper bag, my kids' diaper bags. My kids were little at the time because I couldn't remember the scripture. And of course, we tease, our, we, we lie to ourselves that says, oh, if I didn't memorize it, I can't claim it. That's not true either. <laughs> and there's no demerits for getting something wrong. You know, I just don't believe God's going to go, you know what? I really would have pulled that scripture out of your life and made it alive and active, but you got that verb mixed up <laughs> or you said the wrong address. I don't believe that's who God is. Um, but having those scriptures right at hand, keeping them in your car, yeah. taping them to your mirror in your, your bathroom, um, putting them over the doorpost. There was a season in my life where I had scripture over the doorpost in my kids' rooms, in my kitchen, all throughout my house to tell myself these truths. And this is another important thing that I teach. And I totally believe in Michelle is that God is omniscient. He's all knowing God is omnipresent. He's all present. Um, he's omniscient. He's all powerful, but the enemy is not. So if we start these scriptures and we, we get saturated in them and, and they're filling our minds, they're building us from the inside out, but they're not defeating the enemy because the enemy can't hear what we're thinking. Yes. So I Thank have, you for I saying have, that. I have gotten to the point where um, I, I tell him out loud. I, I, Satan. Yeah. Uh, and I really hate to speak to Satan, but God spoke to Satan. He speaks mm -hmm. to Satan. And I will say to Satan's dominions, you have no power over me. No matter what you're trying to tell me, my God says nothing can separate me from him and his love when I am in Christ Jesus. And I am. So you can flee. And darkness and light cannot be in the same, in the same space. How do we know that? Because you go in a dark room and turn the light on. Is it dark anymore? No. Same thing with truth and light in the word of God. Satan cannot stand God's word and he doesn't want us. He, he knows it. He knows it. Scripture mm -hmm. tells us that it's very clear. He quoted scripture back <laughs> to God um, many times mm -hmm. and, and with Jesus and that whole idea, the whole scene in the wilderness, you know, he promised them everything. Jesus quoted scripture back and, and Satan knows scripture. He was an angel. He knows, he knows all about this. Mm -hmm. So we have to quote it back to him. And even if we don't get it right, even if I mix up the address, it's not going to confuse Satan. Right. He's not going to go, yeah, well, you got the address wrong on that one. That was second Corinthians, not first Corinthians. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You speak it and he has to flee because he cannot be where light and truth is because he is darkness and lies. And that's the way you have to live like that. And it's weird. It's, it's something you have to get adjusted to. But I, I dress him very often. Yeah. So to quote, to quote your own words, are you feeling more like doing a Jesus jig yet? <laughs> exactly. I'm about to dance in my seat for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
You have so many examples in the chapter. I could talk all day about it, but you talk about um, moving from failure and really finding that hidden potential. And so the book that we've been talking about is Hidden Potential, Revealing What God Can Do Through You. I'd like you to tell us a little bit more about it, the overall summary, where we can find it, because I know this is airing right before Mother's Day, and I know it's too late for somebody to run out and buy it as a gift, but get it anyway, because then Mm. this is for, this is so great, especially for moms who are struggling, but any woman, uh, any reader who's struggling with their, finding their hidden potential. So tell us about it. Well, our potential is there but it might not be actualized at the time. It might not be visible at the time. In fact, it might not even be believable at the time, but we all have hidden potential. One of my favorite shows, uh, stations is HGTV. And one of my favorite shows that's been, was on a long time ago. And then they kind of revised it and it was actually called hidden potential. That's yeah. Not, yeah. That's not where the book title of the book came from, but this one girl would, the newer version is where she took an, uh, like a 70s or 80s house and kind of flipped it. But the original version of that show, they, would, they were flipping houses, but they went into really, really old houses and they would tear down walls and find, you know, these documents from these families and these birth certificates and these, you know, rare pieces of um jewelry or pottery or, or whatever. Um, but the potential was in that house. We have to all believe that we have potential, even if we don't see it. And even if we don't feel it. And we, again, I'm going back to what I said earlier, God has a history of taking people who failed, who had fear, who had anger issues, who did all kinds of things to disappoint him and that did not live according to the standards that he set. But God reversed that. The book itself addresses these issues that keep us from believing that our potential is there. Uh, of course, failure is something that you you try to be successful at and, and you aren't. Um, a fear, of course, is something that you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Frailty is something that you are born with or that you had no control over, but it was dealt to you. For example, mm-hmm. um, I use the, uh, one of the examples that I teach through or, or use in the book is Johnny Erickson Tata, who mm-hmm. had the diving accident when she was 18 and became a paraplegic. Okay, so that's a frailty. She had no choice Mm -hmm. over that. It happened to her, but her response to that changed lives for eternity. I have my friend Meg who shares her story in the book. She was born in um, in a home that is would believe to be an occult type religion, and she didn't get an education above third or fourth grade. That was part, she had no choice in that. Now, could she go back and change it? Yes, she could, but she didn't. She surrendered her life as it were to the Lord. And the Lord has used her despite her fourth or fifth grade education. So that's a frailty, something that you don't have any control over, but God can take that and use that if we surrender that to it. And a fault Mm -hmm. is, of course, something that we have 
but we allow it to control us where the frailty is something we had no control over, but a fault is something that's part of us. We do have control over and that it can keep our potential hidden. You know, a lot of times it is us and we don't want to believe this. That's keeping our our potential hidden because we don't want to surrender these things to the Lord. We would rather hold on to our anger or our bitterness. Um, And those would be faults in our lives. And, you know, we're not going to see the fruition of God's plan in our life. Our potential will not be realized if we're going to continue to hold on to those things. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the book in a nutshell. I walk through Moses' life. Each chapter has a Bible study at the end. And it also has a a story of a personal, uh, a person that's a really good friend of mine that shares their personal story of their fear, fault, failure, or frailty. And um, yeah, so that's just the overall picture. You can get it either on my website, wendypope.org. Uh, when you buy from me, I send them out autographed to the person. Nice. So that's a nice little um, treat. Uh, but if you get, if you, you know, want to get it, you know, quicker, like in one day, like through Amazon, um, you can get it on Amazon or Books a Million, wherever they sell books. Mm-hmm. So I'll link to Wendy's website in the show notes. You'll be able to find that and some of her other books and resources. I will also link to Word Up Ministries. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to go into Word Up Ministries today, but that's another whole resource oh, yes. that Wendy has. Right. And so I'll link to that, give a little more info about that. One of the things I love about the book, too, is you leave some space for people to journal and do oh, some reflection yes. at the end of each chapter. Yes. All my books have that in it. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a a really, you know, for those like I'm not as much of a journaler, but I do need to stop and process after I'm reading something like that. So that's Mm -hmm. really good. And then to bring in somebody else's story like you did, too, so that we're getting multiple perspectives. I just I loved the book. I'm I'm a really picky reader. (laughs) And so listeners, when you're telling when you're hearing me recommend a book, it means that I really loved it. I invited Wendy to come on because I believe she has a life repurpose message Mm -hmm. for all of you out there. And so I do want you to get that. So I'll link to Wendy's website, wendypope.org in the show notes. And Wendy, I just want to have you have an opportunity to wrap it up and leave one last thing with our listeners today. Well, I just love the title of your, your uh, podcast, Repurposed. And, and everything, everything can be repurposed. Everything is redeemable. And I'm, I'm learning in my life um, that redemption did not start and stop at Calvary. So often we, we take the redeeming blood of Christ on the cross to our, and, and we, we, we accept that as our salvation, but we think that's where it stops, but that is only where our eternal life begins. And we've got to let him into those places. He is our heavenly father. He is our wonderful counselor. He is our Prince of Peace. Um, He is our everlasting father. And um, he has such great plans for everyone. Paul is very clear in, in in his writings. Every one of us has a gift. First, the gift of faith. We all have the spiritual gift of faith or otherwise we wouldn't be saved. But every one of us have a gift that God wants to use. Um, And there is nothing that can separate you from that gift. That's what I want your listeners to be left with today. Nothing. Romans 8, 
uh, 37 through 38, uh, 39 tells us that. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today, Wendy. Thanks for inviting me, Michelle. You'll find more about Wendy in the link that I'm putting in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 91. You'll be able to go to her website. You'll find her book there and more about Wendy. I really hope that you do get to know her more and check out the ministry that she has. She has such a heart for the Word of God, and I really, I just really enjoyed sitting down and interviewing her. I'm also creating something special just for you for this episode that you'll also find in the show notes. And that is a graphic with those verses that Wendy talked about from Romans 8, verses 37 through 39. You will find that where you can print that in a PDF format. And so I encourage you to do that and hang that scripture up or take it with you somewhere as a resource for you to work on your mindset too. So that's my gift to you with this episode. If you would love to have more community, more support, and people that come around you, I invite you to join the Life Repurposed Facebook community. This is a growing community. We're having more and more discussion on there. And so this is an opportunity for you to get to know some other people and also to really think about the topics from each episode in a deeper way. There's some fun topics that are lighthearted and some deeper ones too. So I invite you to just go on Facebook and search for Life Repurposed Community and you can request to join the group there. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you again next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. 